this week's Jack of All Graves opens on a beach. Mm. Okay. okay. This week's Jack of All Graves opens on a beach. Nowhere particularly exotic, okay? Please don't think that it's, you know, sun-kissed palm trees and gentle breeze. Nowhere particularly, you know, you, you wouldn't, I don't think, want to go for a holiday here. Uh, this week's Jack of All Graves opens in a beach in a kind of British Columbia kind of area. Oh, I do love BC. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, in in a in a stretch of water known as the Salish Sea. Okay. All right. Go we on. We are talking uh, British Columbia, Canada, Washington, that kind of area. Okay? The old Pacific Northwest. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, this is a beach on a place called Jedediah Island. Hmm. All right. I've not been to that island. Well, come with me there now, if you would. I would love to do that. Uh, and indeed come back with me a little to August the 20th, 2007. All right. Uh, and, you know, visualize the beach, all right? Invisualize the beach, which is such I'm a I'm going to invisualize it. If you could just invisualize the beach for me <laughs> and see it through the eyes of uh, a young girl who's visiting the beach... From Washington, who uh, she walks along the beach, and in the distance, sees an item that's washed up on the shore. Okay. Oh no. Uh, the closer she gets to the item, she realizes that it's it's standing out against the uniform kind of yellow of the sand. Uh, it's manufactured. It's man-made. This item. She notices okay. a shoe. Okay. Uh huh. She notices a shoe and she gets closer and notices uh, that the shoe still contains a sock. Oh, no. And Just a sock, right? Furthermore, upon picking up the shoe and opening the sock, she finds that it contains a man's right foot. Already. I'm just, okay. I would just like to say, if I saw a sock and a shoe on mm. a beach... Mm. I would be like, someone's trash. I wouldn't pick it up and look like, oh, is there a foot in it? Well, luckily for us. <laughs> luckily uh, for us. <laughs> this broad did. did. Yes, she yes. did. A man's foot in a size 12 Adidas shoe. Okay. Okay. Obviously, she's terrified. Obviously, she's disgusted. Yes. Uh, the foot uh, has become... Disarticulated, as the medical terminology would have it, has become... Disarticulated. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cut off due to submerged decay. Okay. Uh, now, what a horrid thing to find, yes? Yeah, I would say so, yeah. What a horrid thing to find. So, come with me further then, if you would. Six days later, on August the 26th, 2007, uh, to another part, uh, another beach within the Salish Sea. Uh, okay. A beach on Gabriola Island. Hmm, I've never heard where of that one. A couple this time, wandering the beach, discover a man's right foot. Wait. Hmm. Wasn't the last one a right foot? Yep. Different man. Okay. All right. Waterlogged. Uh, it appeared by the the bite marks. 
to bite have been marks. brought. Yes, yes, yes. It appears to have been dragged ashore by an animal. Okay. <laughs> uh, this one is size twelve in a Reebok shoe. Um, two feet. Same stretch of water, same sea. Same side. Yeah. Come with me a little further, please. Okay. To February the 8th, 2008. All right. Uh, uh, to another part of the Salish Sea, uh, uh, an, uh, an island called Valdez Island. Mm-hmm. A right foot. What? discovered on February Come the 8th, on. 2008. A right foot in a size 11 Nike shoe. Did you just say Nike? I did, Nike. I imagine you that quizzical look is because I didn't say Nike, but that's hey. That's what Are I you just it. being contrary? No, not at all, not at all. I say Nike. Look. A lot of people say Nike. You know, I say avoision. What are you going to do? <laughs> okay. The fact Nike is, shoe. within a very small stretch of time, in a comparatively small stretch of the Salish Sea, three human feet, three right human feet are discovered by three completely separate people. Uh, okay. But here's the thing, right? I'm going to go on. May the 22nd, 2008, a woman's right foot found on Kirkland Island in British Columbia. Okay, I'm familiar with that one. There you go. You're familiar with that particular case? No, with oh, Kirkland, no, Kirkland Island. Island. It's just okay. all these other places I've been sitting here like, I guess there's more islands out there than I gave it credit for. Uh, but I'm familiar with that one. Again, a running shoe, a New Balance running shoe, but this time a woman's right foot. June the 16th, 2008, two hikers discover on Western Island, uh, sorry, Western Island in British Columbia, a man's left foot. Oh, changing it up. Changing it up. Uh, This one, interestingly, was confirmed that it was the left foot of the man found earlier on February the 8th. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, We're up to five feet. But we ain't even nearly done. August the 1st, 2008. <laughs> a right foot inside a man's black size 11 shoe discovered by a man camping on the beach covered in seaweed. November the 11th, 2008. A woman's oh. left foot found on uh, in Richmond, on the Fraser River in Richmond. A woman's shoe this Wait, time. on a river? Yep, a river Does bed. it connect to yes, it does. the ocean? Yes, it does. Okay. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Okay. Um... Corey, what if I were to tell you that in that stretch of the Salish Sea since August the 20th, 2007, at least 20 detached human feet have been found on the coasts of the Salish Sea in British Columbia, Canada and Washington. Okay. At least 20 human feet are washing up. I have multiple thoughts on this. Oh, go ahead. Well, give me some. Give me some. Please, give me some. Where's your head at? Well, I guess my first question, of course, at the gate is, are you going to give me a a reason for this? I'm going to speculate. Yes. So there's speculation, but there's not a, a known, like, it's not like, and then they found this serial killer who hacks off feet and throws them kind of too shallow and they come to shore. Well, what are your thoughts? Well, my, I know that, I have heard before, mm. that any reason that someone might, like, die in water or anything like that, like, if you kill yourself or if you, um, you know, drown at sea in a boat or whatever the case may be, that, like, 
it tends to be that your extremities, your feet and your hands, for whatever reason, kind of like disconnect from your body easier. And they tend to like float up, whether it's like, I don't know if that's stuff bites at it and they come loose and they come ashore, or if it's just the way they're attached to your body. But I have heard before that feet are more likely to wash up than any other part of the body. Not for the first time. I am so impressed at the uh, insight, at the the keenness of your (laughs) analytical mind, right? Um, Well, thank you, sir. When a body is, is... When a body sinks, when a body is divested of its gases and when a corpse mm-hmm. sinks to the bottom of the sea, as you quite rightly say, it is immediately set upon by scavengers, right? Ah. But let's not get ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> um, All right, yes. These foot discoveries, right? These these feet that keep fucking washing up across <laughs> it's this... It's the Manchester pusher. Well, it is. <laughs> it's by no means new, right? There are reports yeah. of feet washing up in that region... Uh, going as far back mm. as 1887, right? Wow. A, 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 a foot was found in a boot uh, on the shore in Vancouver in, 19, in 1887. Uh, <laughs> hilariously leading to the area that it was discovered being named Leg in Boot Square. That's what they ended up <laughs> fucking calling the place it was found. Which That feels like a thing Canadians would do. A little on the nose, but uh, quaint nonetheless. <laughs> Is it still called that to this day? I don't know, but I god damn it, I fucking hope so. I hope it is. I and hope like so. it's lost all context. People are just like, yeah, it's called Leg and Boot Square. Boot. Just accept uh, it. People obviously would were ringing into the police with all sorts of crazy theories. Uh, it was postulated that uh, is it the mafia? Are the mafia behind it? Are the mafia dumping bodies in the sea in in, in the Salish Sea? In is Canada. it a serial killer? Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Pacific Northwest hey, Mafia. The Canadian Mafia, mate. I happen to know our savage. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't they're know like that. very apologetic, but very brutal. <laughs> they, they'll apologize while they're hacking you to yeah. pieces and just, you know, yeeting your feet out of, of boats. <laughs> um, you know, the usual bullshit like aliens, all of that fucking stuff was was, was, was ringing into the police. I, love, I your... just had this idea of like, yeah, aliens, you know how they like abduct people, but then they're like, yeah, Ugh, yeah. fuck this, this and is... just throw feet out of the spacecraft <laughs> into the ocean. <laughs> this, that's a close encounter of like the seventh kind. <laughs> yeah, I think where so. Where they gnaw your fucking feet off <laughs> and, and just throw them in the water. Throw them in, Canada. in Canada. <laughs> 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 just see you tackle that one, Spielberg, you fucking hack. <laughs> uh, but to our scavengers, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, scavengers uh, going for the path of least resistance will tackle the soft tissues mm. of carrion initially, right? Scavengers, so, you know, like crustaceans, lazy, lazy feeders will go after the soft parts of your body. We're talking your face. We're talking your cheeks. We're talking, hilariously, your anus. They will go straight up for the anus, mate. They love a nibble on the anus to those scavengers. Ugh, you know how I feel about that. I do, I do. Um, <laughs> That's what we discussed in our cannibalism episode. Indeed. <laughs> but the bodies go down hole. The ankles are just one of those soft areas that scavengers love to, I'm afraid to say it, munch on. Uh, ah, which leads... You also know how I feel about you saying munch when you're referring to eating people. What do we say about my vocabulary earlier on? It's a perfect word for what it, what it's describing. I'm not going to like scrabble about for a less perfect word when munch is right there in front of me. Nim, 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 nim. The scavengers munch away in the feet and away sail these feet. Okay. Sure. 
But why in particular that stretch of the Salish Sea, right? Yeah. Um, believe it or not, it's simply just a, a kind of a confluence of a lot of different things. Mm. It's a very complex body of inland water and it acts as a trap for all sorts of shite coming in from the ocean, right? Um, stuff from the ocean washes up, uh, comes ashore in plenty of places in that area, but it's all coming within that 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 kind of that water system, the Salish Sea. The prevailing wind is westerly, so it's bringing stuff in from the ocean as opposed right. to pushing it out from the shore. Okay, yeah. Um, and you know, all bar one of these twenty detached human feet, every single one of them except one has been found in sneakers, right? In running yeah. shoes. I mean, obviously... Do you the human... have a... What, are you postulating on this? I want to know why. Why do you think that The is? tendency for humans is to go, hmm, obviously a fucking, you know, a, 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 a sneaker-seeking serial killer. But no, <laughs> it's it's just circumstance. <sighs> it's because a lot of these these people are going missing or committing suicide, or jumping into the ocean, or being, or, or, or dying in the ocean in the Pacific Northwest. Many people are hiking there. Many people are holiday makers mm, there among yeah. slippery rocks. And when you take all of those right. factors together, the scavengers, the munching on the anus, the feet breaking free, the fact that we're in the Northwest, all of those things yeah. create a perfect set of circumstances that makes the Salish Sea this unique spot on the earth where fucking feet keep washing ashore. This sounds like the grossest place on the planet. Because even like best case scenario, right? Like if you're on the mm. beach and you don't find a foot, you're yeah. like all the shit that must be washing up there. Yeah. I, do people go in the water? I hope they don't go in the water. It's just a place you look at. You go for a walk because Christ, the things that mm. would be brushing up against your feet. Yeah, feet brushing up against your feet, feet for a start. Feet brushing up against your feet. Uh, I don't and, like you know, it. The theories about serial killers and, and you know, uh, fucking foot collectors or whatever. Mm -hmm. DNA has linked nine of those 20 feet uh, to missing people. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, so... And were they, the, like, do they know anything about those people? Like, do they have a sense of why they would have died this i don't know but i mean the okay. the the longest missing person check this out oh man one of the feet that was found in 2011 the one that came up in a hiking boot was linked via dna to a guy who had disappeared in 1985 what yep how is that even possible almost 30 years later his fucking foot washes up in the salish sea in british columbia that is that's, I mean, that must have been like, was it frozen somewhere that thawed and then it went into possibly, the water? Yeah. And... Very possibly, very possibly. Because it seems like there would not be enough foot left to get any DNA from if it were in the water that whole time. But I mean, Crazy. not that I'm like a bloated foot expert. It sounds like you might be based on how it quickly... might be. <laughs> am, I <a> fucking... <laughs> am I a bloated foot expert? You might be a bloated foot expert. <laughs> have I missed my calling? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Even the most recent one, right? The most recent foot uh, that that turned up uh, in 2019 was linked by a DNA to a guy who had disappeared in 2016. That turned up in an island in Puget Sound. Uh, Puget. Puget. <laughs> Puget Sound. 
Puget. So there we go. I like, I, the way that you said that was just kind of gross. I was like, no, I can't let that one stand. I got to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but is is that not the most fucking joag stretch of water on the planet? It is. I mean, there's this like weird part of me that's like, I kind of want to walk on there and see if I find a flood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you like, might. But also. Statistically, well, you maybe... really might. <laughs> I'm thinking like in general, I'm, I wonder how many times maybe I've walked by feet because you, yes. like, it's not like I've never seen a shoe on the beach. Yeah. 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 yeah it's yeah, yeah. just like I said, I'm not going to like go touch it. Someone's yep. like dirty ass shoe. I think also it's because I think like a crab is going to crawl out of it. I am more afraid mm. of a crab coming out of a shoe than I am a foot. So yeah. I don't touch things I find on the beach, but maybe I've been like encountering feet all the time. And I just very possibly. What about even Did... on the side of the freeway? Like when you talk about that random like foot that someone found on a trail that no one knows why it was there. Like maybe Did I ever on tell the you side of the freeway when uh, I see them. I must have told you about the girl who turned up late for work in Cape Town one day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, right? I found a hand. Okay. Like she's that has just, to be. She was like 20 minutes late, just logged on, started work. Huh? <laughs> Oh boy, yeah. I, like, so I dear. Far more, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Far more. Something happens. Frequent. Yes. Than I think. Or often I'm happening. <laughs> far more oftenly occurring <laughs> than we um, realize it is. But this this episode of Joag is dedicated to you. If you're from that neck of the woods, uh, and if you find a foot, let us know. Have you ever found a foot? Please. Please drop us a line because we'd love to know. I want to know all about it. Feet. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. I don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's cold so, outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, I'm going to leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Uh, you will be able to see this, obviously, because you're all listening. But what I have here in my hands is a bottle of chilled champagne. Corey, this bottle of champagne I bought uh, after we'd recorded episode one a year ago. And I've been keeping it on ice ever since in anticipation of our one year anniversary. This has been sat in the fridge for a full year waiting for this exact moment. I feel like you bought that earlier today. I bought this an hour ago from the co-op. <laughs> <laughs> and here it, it is, is a nice sentiment. Listen up, listen up. There we go. That Wasn't that nice? Wasn't that nice? Mm, that was the sound of a one-year celebration is what that was. That was the sound of a year of Jack of all graves. Oh, year of Jack mm-hmm. Graves. Mark, that is wild. Absolutely wild. That? So this glass <laughs> is firstly and most importantly to you, Corrigan. Mm. I raise this to you. Uh, I raise this to every single one. Every single person who's listened to us, every single one, uh, whether you enjoyed it or not, whether you came back <laughs> or not, I drink this glass of champagne to you. This glass of co-op finest fucking co-op champagne. You don't have co-op in the States, I guess. No, no, I don't. <laughs> Seeing as I think like six months ago, I asked you what it was because Joe Lysett kept posting about his co-op uh, visits. And I was like, I've, I don't know what that is. <laughs> but yeah, looks delightful. Oh. Here's to you, Mark. I raise my 
What do you got? Uh, Diet Coke? Yellowtail red wine to you. Oh, delicious. Num, num, num. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, this is, this is to you and this is to anyone who's ever fucking listened or contributed or uh, joined us on Twitter or joined us for a watch along or joined us on Facebook or just interacted with the pod in any way, shape or form because, yeah, it's for you, isn't it? So thank you very, very yes. much indeed. Yes, and we'll talk more about that. We're just going to use this episode to, you know, do our normal stuff uh, and uh, talk about some movies we watch, things like that. And then we're just going to, like, look back a little bit. Yeah. Minus on the air, on the friends we've made along the way, and all of that <laughs> kind of stuff. And just shoot the shit, generally, in Joag fashion uh, about everything. Cosmically, obviously, it isn't. But in real terms, a year is a long time. It is. Right? I mean, honestly, it's it's wild. And we, I think, you know, we had ideas that this would work and that we'd be talking. But it was always for a little bit there like, okay, well, will it suddenly fall apart? Will we run out of things to talk about? Will it mm. turn out that this is, like, not that interesting to do? <laughs> because as we've said before, like, we didn't know each other. Uh, when we started this podcast and mm. in fact i i think i will i'll try to post a clip from the first conversation that we ever had in real time because it's pretty funny to watch us interact with do each other do you still other. have that i do yeah i have uh, the <laughs> saved call from <laughs> the first time that we ever talked to each other uh and you kept on you got really fixated on the cardinal in my backyard and kept making bird noises uh, yeah. So, you know, I'll try to post something from that that first conversation. But it was a yeah, it was a risk. And, uh, you know, just hoping that we were going to hit it off as well as we thought that we might. And to Mm. be an entire year later in a spot where, you know, we know each other very well. Mm. We have had many deep conversations. We have. Both uh, integrated off. friend groups and all these yeah, kinds crew, of crew, things crew. you know it's a a year is a big time of growth and when when the world that we live in is 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 as fucking broken and fucked as it is mm-hmm. currently a year is even a year seems even longer because the rate of change is so intense yeah. things just come out of nowhere and and you know, have a, a epoch shattering impact on the world around us seemingly yeah. on a weekly basis now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you've said uh, before that it feels a bit like we've been chronicling that, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, so uh, a year ago then, if you want to get into this now, what do you want to, do you want to do the watches first? Do you want to see what the, what shite we've been watching this week first? I mean, you've, you've been on a trip. You've been have been on a trip. I have. I mean, that. you've been on a trip too. We've both been on trips. <laughs> yeah, we, we are both fresh back from trips. Me for, you know, mm. I've been, I came in here 10 minutes before we started talking to one another, ran in the door. Mm. Uh, my sister was like, there's a bottle of wine in the refrigerator. And I grabbed go, that go, in the go. glass and, and ran down here and, and set up uh, for this. But yeah, I was in Knoxville, Tennessee, where I had never been before. Can I pause? So you keep yeah. red wine in the fridge, dear? My mom does. I don't. Okay. I I think it's gross to drink wine cold, uh, but yes, my mother does. Mm-hmm. What? Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> As I sup my co-op champagne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is not the way I prefer to have it. But every time okay. I like open a bottle, and then I'm like, "Where did it go?" And mm. my mom's like, "I put it in the fridge." I'm like, Ugh. Ugh. "Just put it somewhere like where it doesn't get hot. It doesn't have to be cold." But anyway, 
listen, I just ran in from a trip. I'll drink the cold ass wine. <laughs> I knew you were a few steps ahead of me. Uh, so I was like, I'll drink whatever is in the in the fridge. Um, but yes, I came back from Knoxville, Tennessee, where I went to the Dead and Lovely meetup, which was absolutely wonderful. You all the have been listening to me. The pictures look terrific. The pictures really did yeah. look good. And you've been listening to me rave about this podcast pretty much for the entire time that Joe Egg has been in existence. Uh, Hollywood Steve has been on here twice. I mean, mm. we absolutely love those guys. And um, getting to meet them in person and the people that I've been spending all of my Friday nights with pretty much uh, throughout the pandemic, <laughs> uh, getting to actually see them and and give them nice vaccinated hugs and whatnot. And, you know, we went to a lake and we went and ate at some cool places and we had lots of drinks and just like a good time. It was like just as if I'd known these people my entire life. No moments of like, anyways, this is weird internet person. It was just like, all right, we're here. We know each other. It's great. That's one of the things I would be super worried about if I ever went and met internet people. You know, because it's something I've never done. I've never met anyone from the online realm in, you know, what I would call meat space if I was a fucking idiot. Uh, <laughs> Which is I've wild ne- to me. I'm like stoked about this. I'm going to be your mm. first internet friend that you meet. You are. Yep, you really are. You really are. And I would be worried, if, particularly if I was meeting a load of internet right. folk. <laughs> um, I would think surely at some point there would have to be kind of a, huh, uh, kind of moment. Uh, where you just examine the fucking floor and wonder what the fuck and hope that, you know, one of you <laughs> dies. Because I, I, small talk and silences are yes. my absolute kryptonite. I fucking hate them. I hate them. Um, <laughs> I have been known to take a ridiculously out of my way route home from a, a particular place just because somebody I vaguely know is like maybe 20 places ahead of oh, me. And yeah. because I walk fast... <laughs> I'm going to at some point catch up to them and have to exchange pleasantries. Right. I will yeah. straight up just go a mile out of my way to avoid that happening. I'm yeah. so terrified of small talk. I just clam up and I can't do it. Yeah. No, um, oh, I'm exactly the same way. I definitely, if I kind of know someone, I don't want anything to do with running into them. But oh. that's kind of the nice thing is like when you know someone from like a common interest thing and you've been talking to them for a long time, you skip the like, nice weather we're having and yeah. you go straight <laughs> how into was like, your journey <laughs> <laughs> yeah right like, ah. you know you go right into the things you know that you're interested in and mm. you, and the stuff you already know about people's lives and such and like even in a group of like friends you've known in real life sometimes there's going to be silences and stuff like that but mm. in general you know the conversation moves everybody has a good time and yeah it didn't feel didn't feel weird in the slightest it was just like great i'm hanging out with my besties so it was a very cool trip to get to do and to see a place i'd never seen before knoxville is really interesting um i also like i don't spend a ton of time in the south (laughs) and it is boy you immediately crosses and trump signs everywhere yeah Uh, you sent me some photos man fucking weird in in terms of (laughs) distance uh how far away are we talking from where you are right now so knoxville yeah knoxville Knoxville, yes. Mm. Um, it was about just under 11 hours of a drive. I want to say it's somewhere like 380 to 400 miles, something like that. I don't know what that is in your kilometers. Yeah, but it's wild. That's a, it's a ways. <laughs> it's, a, yeah, yeah. it's a long way uh, to go. It's a good, uh, but it was kind of neat to just get to see um, different 
areas that I hadn't seen before. I'd never mm. stopped in Virginia. Virginia has bad energy, though. I didn't like Virginia. I was not really a fan of that. Uh, and when we, we stayed in Virginia yesterday so that we didn't drive all the way back in one day, and we just stayed in the hotel room and watched, like, She's All That and Speed. I was like, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really need to go out in yep. Virginia. Uh, but Knoxville is very... Very cool. Also, they're having Tennessee is having like a the worst surge of COVID in the uh, entire United States. So there's also like a little bit of a like, Ugh. it's like everybody who was with us was like vaccinated and everything. But I was very much like every time I went to the bathroom or anything, like just mask up. Like anytime I talked to anybody, like mask on. Uh, so that's that's fun. I feel when fine. We, I don't think anything happened, but. Which is great to hear. That was my next question. In fact, you know, are you, are you are you okay? But I mean, when we discuss the year that's just gone by a little bit later on, that that's that has to be one of them. I mean, it 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 looked so good in the UK for a little while. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've I, you will have heard me say before that it's it's hope that kills you often. Yes, it, mm-hmm. it's believing mm-hmm. that things are okay that kills, because yes. when it, inevitably things ain't. Inevitably, when things aren't okay, it just hurts all the more. That's uh, why and... I wake up to you sending me bad news text messages in the morning. Yeah, sorry. Instead. <laughs> it's sorry. fine. It's okay. Realism is good, I mm. guess. But yeah, I mean, it's it's wild that now things are like worse than they've ever been when we have like a vaccine. <laughs> like now that we can stop ourselves from spreading this by like vaccine and masking, it's worse than it ever was. So that's really cool. We're we're crushing the game, gang. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the more I'm still not out of the habit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which was a habit that I got into a, a, alongside, I'm sure, millions of others over the last year. I'm still very much entrenched in the habit of daily uh submerging myself in the stats right in the Mm. fucking figures i still every Mm -hmm. day look at the curve i still (laughs) every day i'm still plugged into the fucking news in the same way as i was throughout all of last year still looking at the deaths at the figures at the hospitalizations at the fucking Mm. new recorded cases no 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 the curve the curve the curve um uh, and and yeah even with a vaccine and even with you know, for a while it looked as though that link between dying and getting COVID was severed. But but right. even the fucking death rate is now... Yep, going right on back up again. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, it's the worst. A guy but could get terrified, you know. You still, you just went on a little jaunt as well. Yes, all that said, I've just been on <laughs> holiday. Um, uh, a giraffe-free holiday. Resolutely yeah, giraffe-free <laughs> the wild giraffes of Sri Lanka elude me yet again. <laughs> no giraffes for me, sir. Can I just say, while it's on my mind, right? While it's on... Yeah. What, do you ever... <laughs> I'm, I'm drunk off my ass today, by the way, dear listener. In case you can't um, tell. <laughs> uh, Laura has... My... my Dear, dear wife, Laura, has uh, had her 40th birthday last week. And because we've been on holiday in the Isle of Wight, she's had like a family get together today. So I've been fucking <laughs> pounding drinks down me all day. Garlic what vodka was I saying? all day long. Yeah, uh, we've been to the Isle of Wight, right? Which for fucking reason that I can't quite get my head around is is big on garlic, right? 
they grow it. They I love put garlic. it in. I'm down with it. Everywhere oh. should be big on garlic. Garlic is, hey, garlic is delicious. Who doesn't like garlic? But the Isle of Wight, garlic is like their brand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously, because I want to experience every single physical sensation, I came back with uh, some garlic vodka. Uh, and it's gone. <laughs> uh, so uh, I know how that now feels. What was I saying? Do you ever get, do you ever... <laughs> Do you ever get that awkward uh, that awkward kind of situation where <laughs> something will occur to you that you find really funny and you're maybe in a car or in a group of people that don't have access to your thoughts so they don't know what you're laughing at? Yet right, for yeah. some reason, you can't stop fucking laughing. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> for some fucking reason, right? I've always really, really enjoyed uh, Richard Attenborough in Jurassic Park, right? Mm-hmm. When Hammond says to him, you've got a T-Rex, I've always loved his delivery of, we have a T-Rex! <laughs> <laughs> we have a T-Rex! That will never not make me laugh. And uh, I spent a good 20 minutes in the car with my family just <laughs> chuckling away to myself. At, uh, About a we throwaway a line from Jurassic Park. Yeah, I don't know. And if you think about it, you will find that I'm right. And it's actually taken completely out of context. It's a funny as fuck delivery. I don't know why he chose, why he chose to deliver it in that particular. He was genuinely that excited. He just thought about how it would feel. Yeah. But yeah, no giraffes uh, on the Isle of Wight. No giraffes in Sri Lanka. I'm, I'm informed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> will I ever see a giraffe? Maybe not. I mean, you must have zoos in England that have giraffes. I've seen a giraffe. You know, we, we've we got plenty of zoos with featuring giraffes in the UK. But what I want to do is to see a giraffe uh, and to approach one. In the, oh. In the wild. Mm. No. No? No. Why? No. You don't like approach a giraffe. Do you know you know how big those things are? And yeah, they don't like people. Huge. They which I remember when I was in South Africa, like coming upon some giraffes and they were like, Oh fuck no and they started running and that is the goofiest <laughs> looking thing you've ever seen in your life. Hey. That was the moment that I like penguins have been my favorite animal my whole life and the yeah. second I saw a giraffe run, I was like, My favorite animal's a giraffe. Have you ever seen giraffes have a fight? Like on the like when they swing their little yeah neck heads city mate absolute <laughs> fucking neck mayhem Whoops, uh, neck whip that's what they it do is... they neck one another to fucking death it's battle of the necks yeah neckomania <laughs> when two giraffes face off it's all about who has the strongest neck I would like to see humans fight like that I would watch mm. whatever kind of match it's just humans whipping their necks at each other neck foo neck foo I'm very in for that. On pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Um, I don't remember where we were going before that. I've been on holiday. Thing. You've been on holiday. We've COVID. been on holiday. We had great times. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, Isle of Wight looked very beautiful. It was. Although, it was... Still, like, Wales looks like the beautifulest so far of your now, adventures. I would hazard... That's because you've only seen the beautiful parts of Wales. Well, sure. I mean, yeah. you know, that's I just mean of like all your adventures that I have witnessed. 
you should Wales see the box of painkillers that my mom gave me when I came back from <laughs> Wales last time. She, this is she, such an absurd tradition. Fuck me. She outdid herself. She knows now that I've got a taste for them and now she's just mm-hmm. going wholesale. Right? I've got a fucking box of these fucking bad lads. Oh, all your Welsh friends right now are like, oh, so jealous. Got to go see my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we did. We've both been on vacay. Uh, Mm -hmm. I watched a few things over the. Well, especially because. So we recorded last week, Thursday. Um, Yes. So there was like a little time. We haven't talked in ages. So, like, it's, you know, everything since Thursday to get out. Um, and yeah, I watched a couple things over the course of the week, obviously not the past week. No, that's not true. Yesterday, just for the record in the hotel, like I said, I rewatched She's All That and Speed, which are both classics and was the best possible use of my time. She's All That, I don't believe I've seen. Um, That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Speed, though. I mean. Speed's so good. Talk about your quintessential bit of Dennis Hopper. Mm hmm. Oh, my God. For real. I just like that whole movie. I mean, he's not in it like the whole mm. time, obviously. But every time he's on screen, I'm just like, I fucking love Dennis Hopper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, what it like. We've talked about it a few times before, but just the fact that he is going to show up, even mm. if he's, you know, off his ass when he does show up, he's going to show up. Yes. And, like, doesn't matter the quality of the film he's in or anything like that. He's going to act yeah. like this yeah. is the most important role of his life. Yes, completely. Even so Dennis Hopper phoning it in. He's phoning yeah. it in from a different fucking realm. Exactly. And that role for him is just so incredibly perfect. The moment when he realizes that uh, the the video has been on a loop and they've yeah, tricked yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. His reaction is cranked to like 37 and it's such ah absolute perfection that i just like i get giddy you know i get like a giddy laugh watching it like oh it's just so good um i love everything about that movie i i there is no argument for me that would convince me that his frank booth is not the greatest fucking psycho in all of cinema Mm. his frank booth (laughs) is the absolute best fucking villain that's ever been committed to celluloid. He is fucking brilliant in Blue Velvet, man. Absolutely spellbindingly good in that movie. Yeah, he's just a a magical person, and I'm kind of sad that he's dead. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I think I looked up, I was trying to figure out how old he would be, and I think now he'd be reaching like 90-ish. <laughs> Never uh, gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, there was <laughs> that he lived as long as he did was pretty mm. magical. Uh, but yeah, I think he's just... I, it, like. There's something about him that just makes a great villain in general, too. And Mm. one of my favorite um, things, I don't know if I actually, in our discussions of him before, have mentioned it or not, but the episode of The Twilight Zone called He's Alive is one of my absolute favorite episodes. And he it's him when he's young um, playing a uh, like basically a neo-Nazi before we really like had that kind of term because this is you know 1961 or something like that Mm. um and he's this neo-nazi guy named peter volmer who is trying to stir up this like nazi sentiment uh in this town that he lives in and it Mm. starts with basically everybody in town being like you know fuck off (laughs) basically like you know get out of here you asshole 
until this shadowy figure comes along and teaches him basically how you appeal to people's fear in order to get them to go along with the worst ideas. And teaches him how to be a better Nazi. Teaches him how to be a better Nazi and a better persuader, right? And it's extremely relevant to now. When you watch it, you're just like... compelling, yeah. Oh my God, this is exactly how this works. And you can see every radicalized person you know in uh, the people that he is talking to you know it's like you got to appeal to you know like at one point he talks about how you know they they say that we need to be like that the minorities we need to take care of the minorities but i say we're the minorities the true patriots are the minorities like you know reversing that kind of rhetoric to make it so that people feel persecuted who are actually the people who have the power in society and it's brilliant and he is just so good in it so pathetic Mm. and you know finding his strength in this like oppression of other people and everything about it is just phenomenal so he's how many times have you you listened to somebody complaining about you know not having a voice somebody right wing complaining about being silenced or stifled Mm -hmm. by the fucking left wing woke brigade (laughs) while they're on fucking fox news or, or itv this morning you know what i mean Exactly. Uh, like, yeah, very you're prescient. very silenced. Yeah, so mm. the whole episode, you just watch it and you're like, oh, shit, this sounds like Tucker Carlson. This sounds mm. like any of your, you know, right-wing folks, whether here in America or, you know, I see plenty of your folks like that on Twitter and everything. It's there's really a, good, so there's a particular British dickhead known as Eamon Holmes, right? The name sounds familiar. I'm sure I've seen... Just a, just an inconsequential sack of shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> just worthless. Um, morning TV host of no. Account. I was going to say, is he the morning guy? Yeah, yeah then I know exactly one. who you're talking about. Uh, and he fills in sometimes on on the ITV's flagship morning show this morning. And he dared to fucking talk about well, yeah, the lies you hear in the mainstream media <laughs> on ITV at eleven o'clock <laughs> in the fucking morning. You fucking idiot! <laughs> it's insanity like how do you convince yourself that you are being oppressed or silenced when you have such an insane level of power and voice yep like what incredible incredible yeah. have the reach of joag and then say that but <laughs> go really? on itv in the morning and say you don't have a voice like <sighs> it must be incredible to have so few problems in life. You just like for like to keep yourself engaged, you need to invent reasons you're oppressed. Um, so you saw Speed, you saw She's All That. What else have you so watched? She's all that. Oh, I watched. Um, so I went to the movies and I saw The Night House with okay. Rebecca Hall. For some reason, I don't know why, but Rebecca Hall and Eva Green are the same person to me. And it always takes me a while to figure out which one is in whatever it is I'm watching. Hmm. Rebecca Hall is the one who is in this. And it's I feel the lighthouse has passed me by. I can't. I can't recall it what It just is. came out like okay, okay, okay. a week or two ago. I think I saw it the day it opened. So it would have been last Friday, last Thursday or yeah. Friday. Um, and it's. Like, if you like kind of the haunted house genre, Uh I think this is a really well done version 
of that, there was like, I don't usually, you know, how I make fun of my mother because she's, it's <laughs> as if she's never seen a horror movie before every time she goes and every jump scare, she's like about to punch me in the face with fear. Um, that stuff usually like I can see it coming a mile away, even when they try to fool you with it. Like I usually see it coming. There mm. was a jump scare in this that got me so bad <laughs> that I gen- I looked at my watch and my heart rate had jumped up like 25 beats per minute per minute in that yeah. moment. I was like, Christ almighty, that was a good jump scare. Um, I mean, jump scare, jump scare horror has become a genre of its own almost. Yeah, is it not over the past yeah. kind of five to 10 years? This yeah, is a mo- This is a jump scare movie, but yeah, you know, that's I think just helped us lose sight of the fact that a good jump scare. Yeah, it's like, whew, like it yeah. really. I mean, it kind of put me in her place, which I think is what you wanted to do, right? Like yes, that yes, jump yes, scare yes, yes. made me yes feel yeah. what the main character for the was quarter feeling. of a second, for that quarter mm-hmm. of a fucking second, where bah, you are there, you are in their yeah. shoes. Very exactly. powerful, that. Very yeah. powerful. It's really well done, I think. It's not like a perfect movie. I think I rated it like three and a half. And honestly, I could have given it a four. It mm. was, uh, you know, it's about this woman who her, she's a school teacher. Her husband um, takes his own life and she doesn't know why. And okay. then weird things start happening around her home and it unravels this uh, tangled web of secrets and terrible things that have happened, which is like a very sort of basic plot in and of itself. But it is very well You've done. You've just which described like eight films. Appreciate. That's the thing is like I kind mm. of appreciate when something can do a story that mm. I've seen before and do it yes. differently because I knew Archetypes. there are you can times make, you can that, craft yeah. something new from an old archetype. Yeah. Right. It's like, you know, the others, I think generally people acknowledge that was what I came to. Greatest, yeah, that was the first thing that came yeah. to mind. You know, and it's like you watch something like that and you're like the archetypes are there. Like everything about this is a story you kind of have seen before. And then it does uh-huh. something that switches that on you. So I really felt like the night house was, if you like the haunted house genre, if you like those kinds of like tormented relationship or women trying to solve these kinds of things, stories like Rebecca Hall is amazing. She's an amazing actress. And uh, I definitely uh, recommend the night house. Um, And then the other thing that I watched uh, was what I thought was going to be, like a loop core horror movie because that's what the trailer looked like. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was less, th- I mean, it was in a sense, it was more of like a thriller. It was called The Fair, F-A-R-E, okay. um, mm-hmm. where this guy is driving a taxi and a woman gets into the taxi and they, you know, drive this distance and then he hits like some sort of storm or something and she disappears from the back seat mm-hmm. and then he picks up again and then this keeps on happening yeah but for a while he forgets that this is happening and then he it starts to come back to him that he realizes like wait she's been in my car before um as this loop progresses but so it said on amazon when i looked at it like thriller slash romance and i was like huh okay interesting and it turns out it is a very cute romance while also being a very good loop thriller nice. uh and i love what's so different about this is that every loop movie i've ever seen yeah. when the person realizes they're in the loop they try to get out of it 
Mm-hmm. Right? They become sort of despondent in this loop or like, you know, at times in Happy Death Day, she kind of like is like, well, whatever. And like gets a little like, you know, this is fine. This is just my life now. Apathetic to it. Same with things like Groundhog Day, whatever. In this, they lean into it and they're like, what if you just had a good attitude about mm. being stuck in this terrible loop? Uh, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is, like I've never seen that before of just being like, oh, mm. let's use this time to, you know, get to know each other. And I, yeah, you mentioned Groundhog Day there, right? And yeah. I, I don't think that gets anywhere near the amount of recognition it gets for being as dark as it is. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> he spends a good kind of 15, 20 minutes in the middle of that film actively trying to trying fucking to dive. Himself. Trying his best to die. Yeah, exactly. Um, which, you know, is is a, a, an element of being trapped in a loop that you'd have to explore at some point. When right. you genuinely are fucking doing everything you possibly can to die, but yet you can't. I yeah. That's one of the things about Groundhog Day. One of the many things about Groundhog Day that speaks to me and makes it as good as it is. Great film. Yeah, definitely. I think that is an angle that you kind of forget about. But that's with this one, that doesn't happen even when... You know, like, I don't want to give anything away about this because it really is worth watching. It's not long. It's really compelling. The leads, especially the guy in it, he's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like this no-name, like, Italian-American dude. Um, and he's phenomenal in it. Uh, but it's got sort of an element of Greek myth to it and, like, is just, like, a very interesting short tale of what hap- what would happen if you leaned into the time loop and then... Of course, Beautiful. there is then conflict and it falls apart, but it's great. It's a lot. It's really what I good. thoroughly enjoyed about your experience of that film was you taking was you sending me that <laughs> screenshot from your letterbox. Uh, great piece of Luke Gore. What is Luke Gore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my friend Seth was. Yeah, capital letters. What? What is Luke Gore? <laughs> what is Luke Gore? <laughs> I was like, right, 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 right. I use these things as if everyone who <laughs> follows me listens to Joag and understands adding core to but everything. To but, me, that's it's it's quite a self-explanatory term. Yeah, I mean, you would think, but if you don't like, if you don't know what that that core, means, it has to do with time core. loops. Yeah, what's a loop yeah, core? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Right, yeah, what is loop okay. core? <laughs> Delightful. What have you watched? Come Mark? listen. Uh, okie doke. Um, tangentially related to, mm. you know, tangentially in the Joag wheelhouse, I guess. What with uh, the new Spider-Man trailer dropping, I've been priming the kids on OG Spider-Man. Is the trailer kicking you in the dick a good or bad thing? Resolutely a good thing. Anything okay. getting kicked in by a piece of media. Well, that okay. fucking kick my dick in. Okay. That is, oh God, it's it's impacted me. It's hit me. It's physically, oh, okay. you know. All right. Good I thing. was just, I wasn't sure how to read that tweet, but now, no, okay, it's, great. For future reference, any any <laughs> you know anything that I refer to as having kicked a particular part of me in is, is, is yeah, that, that okay. means it's done the job. So, um, we sat down in front of Spider Man, Sam Raimi's. Uh, I want to say. Two a long time ago. Yeah, very long time. I was in 90s, high school. Late nineties. It's 90. not, yeah, it's late nineties, early two thousands. I'm not entirely sure, but it was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, delighted to report that it holds up beautifully. It really does. 
Um, yeah, I was never into. I think it's just because I don't like Tobey Maguire, and at the time didn't like Kirsten Dunst. Even though now I've come around on that opinion, I did not like those movies. They were not so, enjoyable for me. Hindsight plays a great part in it. It, 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 it landing for me the way it did this week. Mm, right? mm-hmm. I kind of looked at it. This came pre Nolan. Yeah. So it was before all of the somber, realistic yeah. fucking take. <laughs> it was pre-MCU. Right. It was right at the end of this kind of, what the fuck, how do we do superhero films? You know, <laughs> Sam Raimi had just done Darkman. Mm-hmm. I, and I, in the same way as, I guess in the same way as Wes Craven funneled all of his experience into making New Nightmare, Sam mm-hmm. Raimi funneled all of his experience up to that point into making Spider-Man. All yep. of his kinetic, his hyperkinetic stuff, you know, uh, the the swinging around on wires bit of Darkman was just him fucking practicing for what he would do. <laughs> right. I, I, I know it. And it, it works. There's some bits of it that are on the wrong side of history. Like the meme goes, there's a little bit of a fucking homophobic slur in the middle, which I had to take a break to the kids and go, you know, that's not cool, don't you? Yes, dad. Um, <laughs> but by and large, it is full of heart. If you can get past the ropey visuals, right. I can't wait to watch the next one with them. I can't wait to watch Spider Man Two with them. I should rewatch them because I mean I haven't watched those since high school. Like it's been a very long time, mm. and I don't, you know, there are some things that I have found that like I can like later on, but it was just the place in life I was wasn't right for it, or who I watched it with wasn't right, or oh, that's interesting. You know, that. Uh, it just then I'll watch it later on and I'm like, okay, no, through the lens of where I am now, I could yeah. actually enjoy something that I didn't like before. So, you know, well, I, the, the, who you see something with or like what mood you're in is a huge part. I mean, this is, I, t- I mean, yes, also I, I think I don't really like Mel Brooks in general aside from the producers, but I hate Blazing Saddles. Mm. Um, famously because I saw it in a room full of racists when my white college boyfriend brought me over to his friend's house and I walked in there was like a confederate flag on the ceiling and we watched Blazing Saddles yeah and they were like making all kinds of comments about the black character and I was like I don't feel like they understand it's satire and I was like Christ and this is I've attempted to watch it since then and I'm like I don't know if I would hate this movie, but I still hate this movie because all I think about is yeah. that room full of white dudes that I was like, are they going to like yeah. lynch me after well, this? It's like, I guess this branches off from the discussion we had in the last episode about, mm. you know, is there a place for right. boldly fucking head-on taking racial archetypes? Right. Um, because, yeah, any any really bold satire risks people taking it at face value exactly and that is that was my experience and and it's obviously not an uncommon one because it comes up a lot with people who say like oh you could never make blazing saddles now sure 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 and anyone who says that says that because they are on the side of the racist humor not because they're on the side of the satire Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you were really taking this as satire, you'd be like, you could make that again, but just you know, you'd update yeah. it, but you could absolutely yeah. make a satire like that yeah. again. You never You're hear somebody just going, mad it would take somebody really brilliant to make Blazing Saddles, right? <laughs> it's just you're you're mad that you can't 
say the racist mm. or sexist things that were in this movie. That's what you're actually saying here. Yeah. But all uh, that to say, yeah, stuff like Spider-Man, I'm like, maybe I just wasn't in the right frame of mind when I saw it. And now I'd be like, this is fun. Well, you've got the perfect excuse to, to revisit it as a primer yeah. for what's coming up. Yeah, now movie. that we have this whole world yes. unfolding that's going to be impacted by all of mm. that. Let yeah. me see, what else? Ah, yes. Uh, I'm delighted to report that the jury is finally in on Neil Blomkamp. The jury has returned oh, from their deliberation. Yeah. And to weigh his record publicly, uh, I've, I've, I've gone on record as saying uh, that District 9 isn't just... It isn't just a great film. It's a fuck it. It's one for the ages, right? It really it's, is, it's on my yeah. shelf for fuck's sake. It's one of those films that I keep buying when they release it in different formats. <laughs> right. It's one of those that I will always have a physical copy of to hand because I fucking love it. It is a absolutely blinding film. So after that, you do a kind of a, it's all right. Elysium was okay. Plows mm-hmm. the same, you know, the same themes. Yeah. But then but you follow fine. that up with a shitter, which Chappie is. Let's, there's. I I'm, I was astounded at how bad Chappie was. It, it left me. <laughs> yeah, I did not bother gob. watching that. That uh... it, it left me open mouthed at how fucking rough it was. So you've got a blank. You've got a banger. A blanger. <laughs> you've got a banger. <laughs> you've got a, a, a shitter, and you've got one in the middle. Mm-hmm. So it's all to play for, right? With demonic. Yes, demonic. The new one. Uh, and unfortunately, it 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 was balls. Just complete uh, ass. Uh, really that's poor. Rough. Made all the worse by some of the some of the ideas in there in the right hands could have absolutely kicked dick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let me try and reassemble what the fucking plot is. All right, so <laughs> firstly, far less grand scale than than anything you would have seen from Blomkamp before, right? Okay. Um, you get the impression that he isn't playing with the budgets that he used to mm, being right. charitable yeah um uh you've seen black mirror of course yeah of course yes <laughs> there's a, a, a some of it is kind of hey uh what if the sims but bad what if we could <laughs> sure you know what if people yeah. could be in a simulation in their heads but on a computer yeah Uh, And then that kind of funnels into a plot about what if the Vatican had uh, warrior priests, right? Soldier priests, because demons are real. Turns out Carman was right all along, right? And (sighs) demons are actually real. So why wouldn't the Vatican arm up uh, an army of priests with fucking guns and crucifixes in cool attache cases with, you know, like um, fiber weave armor and whatnot? Um, okay. And have them fighting demons. That bit totally. And cool. they're the good guys. They're the good guys. Um, That's always rough. Uh, but it 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 doesn't hang together in the least. Ah, oh, but I'm revisiting it now in my head, and there's some of it which is really interesting. You've seen a scanner darkly, I guess, with yes, with yeah. Reeves. Um, mm-hmm. The pieces inside the simulation, the pieces inside the computer simulation, where our heroine visits uh, her mother who's in a vegetative state but communicates by the way it's her. wild that the lead in this is carly pope oh, i've not seen her before not seen her oh, she's was in a late 90s early 2000s show called popular okay you know? kind of a like you know like a gossip girl or like a teen soap 
or whatever. Right. And then you do not see much of her now. Mm. So it's like looking at who is in this. And I was like, Carly Pope is the lead in this movie? Mm. Hmm. Okay. But anyways, go on. Um, I, I believe there was some sort of kind of new pioneering technique they used to get the art style that they ended up with uh, for what the simulation looks like when you're in the simulation. Mm. And it is really, really good. You know, it's like it, with it, stuff like that, you almost wish like there was like an outlet for that kind of creative work, like maybe short movies or things that people would still watch. Like, why yeah. can't we go to the movies and watch like a short before every movie? Give mm. me a, a 15 minute short if I get there early that I can watch. That is the Do part you know, of the story that hangs together with the technology. they use. fantastic idea. Yeah, instead of like, no, to use this, we have to make an hour and a half movie that is incoherent. Mm. Like, just normalize making is. a movie that's as long as it needs to be. Yeah, incoherent is exactly the word <laughs> that I would apply to demonic. It's two halves of two completely different films, uh, one of which has a really uh, cool, in a kind of a Neil Marshall, 16 year old Pantera fan sort of way. <laughs> Uh, okay, the first sure. half is a really, really obvious Black Mirror kind of mm-hmm. theme, uh, and the two don't sit well together at all. Uh, and it's the film that checked me out of Neil Blomkamp. I'm afraid. I, I'm, I, yeah, because it has like a two on Letterbox, which is not great. It's mm. gonna be rough being like, like you made a masterpiece before you were thirty. Yeah, and yeah. everything since then has been kind of like. Eh. And not only that. Uh, He's managed to just kill projects with gay abandon. He just he's the <laughs> fucking project killer. You know, he's kept aliens and Robocop tied up in development for years mm. at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm being very flippant in, in, in assigning blame here, of course. I'm not party sure, to any fucking detail here. But these huge, huge, huge projects beloved by so many millions of fans that he has kept tied up in development for years while nothing else could happen to them and ultimately right. nothing has come of them and yeah. you know i'm fond of the adage that if everything you do uh, if everyone you interact with is a dick then maybe you're the dick right wait do you know, if 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 you go Isn't through it- life <laughs> If you go through life complaining that everyone you meet has an attitude, oh, okay. maybe you're the okay. one who has the yeah, attitude. Yeah, now I got you. And if every project that you're attached to falls apart, maybe it isn't the yeah, project. Yeah, maybe you're that, the, that you're the common you. denominator here. Exactly that, exactly that. Um, yeah, that's a bummer. I'm sad to hear that. Because it's like, there's people you root for, you know, and you're yes, like, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and, and coming out with District 9 and that being just such an incredible film and, you know, and yeah. what it stood for and everything. You want good things for him and... Mm. That it hasn't panned out that way. But also then you're like, okay, how many more chances does this yeah. clearly mediocre white man get? It's time to give that money to somebody else. Give Robocop yes. to yeah. somebody else. Like, I completely agree. You know, it's time. So Yes. So uh, that's all I've squeezed in this week. And I, I deeply wish I'd given the two hours that I gave Demonic to something else. Hmm. Well, you try Nighthouse maybe next. Maybe it's on your Plex. But... Hmm. Um, by the way, we jumped into this and didn't, uh, intro the things that we, uh, I was like, oh, we gotta make sure we say this. Can I really quickly, while I was on holiday, I read (laughs) the new Stephen King book, or maybe it's the one before the new one, Billy Summers. Yes, Billy Summers, right. You were having a great time with that. How'd it go? 
God damn, it's good. Um, awesome. I I admit this with with no kind of masculine shame at all, right? I cannot remember a book before where I have been kind of bubbling with tears for the last kind of five mm. ten pages. It was so oh, I love good that. and I such love a that. moving end, and you know. Our boy Steve has an issue with endings, right? And that's not just, that's not, you know, just <laughs> something people say about him. It's true. There's a whole yeah. fucking run of his books there in the 90s and 80s and noughties where the ends are just fucking awful. He right. completely wipes that slate clean with Billy Summers. The <sighs> ending is just spot on. It's a lovely small scale story of just a, a, a but I, I don't even want to. I, I yeah, wanna, it's like you don't even need to just, it's worth reading. I would love, I would love you to. It, even if you're somebody who's snobby about Stephen King, eh, give <clears throat> Billy Summers a crack because it's fucking great. What a great book. I'm sold. Wait, you it's not horror either, me, by the way. Uh... It, isn't, it isn't spooky at all. Save oh, for okay. uh, there's a... Obviously, he's telling one... It could be said that Stephen King tells one story throughout his entire career, right? He's just been writing one big story. And that's in evidence in Billy Summers. He weaves sure. in another book into it. Of course, um, yeah. But by and but that's large, kind of fun. I always enjoy that, you know. And like it's super fun. It's the way rewarding he does this time. as yeah. a person who, you know, when you've been reading Stephen King forever, every time mm-hmm. there's that little Easter egg, you're like, ah. Yeah, and this one's a belter. Um, but uh, ostensibly, it's 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 a crime novel. That's all it is. But it's so good. Thoroughly you can recommended. Lend that to me when I come visit. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. So I can, since I won't buy the hardback of it and I have other things to read in the meantime mm-hmm. in October I'll make time for Billy Summers uh, what are you reading in the meantime Corrigan in the meantime <laughs> I and the rest of you are reading A Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay so just a reminder to pick that book up and by the way hey thanks to all of you who uh, bought stuff from uh, Gibson's when they had their big weekend sale I saw many like receipts and things like that from people who had bought uh, because we sent you, and that makes my heart glad. Because I love the opportunity to support a an indie bookstore. So that was very heartening for me to see that so many of you were like, "Okay, I'll get books from there." Laura bought like her like half of her homeschool curriculum from Gibson's during that sale. <laughs> nice, like, nice. I bought a bunch of random books from there. I bought two romances and two horror books uh, from that sale. I, I did check what postage to the UK would have been, and uh, uh, it's yeah. not. Yeah, probably but not. Great as I said UK. to you, Billy Summers, instead of jumping onto my phone and just going click click and getting it delivered to my house, I jumped the fuck in the car and drove into town and got it from our local bookshop. So I'm, I'm learning. We're also a good influence on ourselves. Yes. Here. So that's always a plus. So yeah, pick that up uh, if you want to be a part of Book Club. It was so much fun last time, and so we would love to have you along for the journey. We haven't picked a date yet, but we will. But in the meantime, it is this coming Saturday, September 4th, that we will be getting together for our watch-along of... Blood. Uh, Blood Vessel. It's not called Blood Nazis. It's called Blood Vessel. Are you sure? (laughs) I'm very sure it's called yeah. Blood Vessel. So is. we are super excited on that. We missed you this past month when we didn't get a chance to talk to you all. Um, so we will get together on Saturday and uh, enjoy some Blood Nazis. And it'll be a really good time. So uh, check our socials. We'll put a little flyer action up 
on that and uh, be ready for that action on Saturday. Mm. Anything else we need to tell people? I don't think so. I think that about covers it. Okay, good. Mm. On that note, just for a moment, I want to take a little bit of time to talk about this year of Joag and what it has meant to us. It's <laughs> a deep sigh. So, being as honest as I can possibly be here, right? Yeah. I, I used Joag over the past year as something to keep me afloat, right? Yeah. Something to keep me creative, something to keep me focused, something to keep my mind active while the rest of the world uh, felt like it was collapsing. Yeah. The fact that I'm still doing this, I think is a reflection that I that the world doesn't feel like it's in any way not collapsing yet. Definitely not. Yeah, no, the world is absolutely falling apart and getting worse all the time. Mm. To take, <laughs> I mean... I think there's an episode in Afghanistan, but there's also mm. using COVID as the marker here, which, you know, we started in the midst of COVID. So it makes sense mm. that one year later, we would take the little temperature of where it's at. Right. Um, there was such optimism in the UK around, you know, uh, the COVID uh, infection rates being as low as they'd ever been a few months back. And yeah. even when they started to creep up in, uh, you know, in May and June and July, the hospitalization rates and the death rates still stayed very, very low. And people just kind of started to kind of go to festivals, go to gigs again. Right. Because it felt as though the vaccine had broken those links. But like I said earlier on, I'm still plugged into the fucking data. I'm still watching the curves every bastard day. <laughs> and that death rate is now just going up and up and up and up again. Yeah. Uh... It, it, I don't know. It makes me wonder a why, right? And what next? We have yeah. a government that is, you know, when the restrictions were ended earlier in the year, you know, words like irreversible were used. Mm-hmm. We when when we unlock and when Freedom Day happens, there's no going back. It's irreversible. We have to get used to living with it. Blah blah blah. Yes. Uh, but death rates are now rising. Scotland, I think I'm right in saying, today or earlier on this weekend, Scotland had its highest new uh, number of cases in a single day ever. Yeah. Since yeah, the we're seeing of the a lot of that here. Yeah. Like new records are still being broken uh, a year and a half in. Yeah. And that's incredible i mean like i said tennessee having its incredible surge right now and there's so many places texas is just like mayhem at the moment because they've created a fascist dystopia where you're not allowed to protect yourself from covid and it's illegal to protect yourself in any way anywhere what sorry <laughs> um, whoa, whoa whoa give me a bit more on that what, do, what does that mean like they so they made it so it's illegal to mandate masks in school That's yeah that is it's fucked. horrific my friend jason yeah. has sent his kids to another state. He is at home alone in Texas because Helms. there was no way. Yeah, Jason Helms. 
there was no oh, way boy. for him to protect his kids at school. They their teacher wasn't wearing a mask, and they you know after the first day were like we can't we can't risk this. He has a kid who has a heart problem that makes mm. her particularly you know compromised by this, and so he sent his wife and kids to an entirely different state where they had the option to do some form of distance learning um, because of this. And yeah, it's just like, it's such a, I mean, I think this is the thing when we had all of our kind of optimism, if that's even the right word, but any kind of sense that things would get better. It was with the understanding that like the vaccine would change a lot of things and, you know, we would, be able to move forward once that happened and instead it became such an ideological block you know that like people just made it their identity is not to get this and that's not to say that's everybody like there's plenty of people who are vaccine hesitant who have various reasons for it and if someone talks to them gently and explains it to them like there was an article about a woman who like managed to get her town like 90% vaccinated by nice. going really door nice. to door. And she was in like Alabama or something like that, where it's like, this is very conservative. These people weren't ideologically tied to it. It's just that they'd heard scary things about the vaccine. And so they were terrified to go get it. And she went door to door and was like, all right, let me hear your questions and let me answer that. And people changed their minds. But in places like Texas, it's so ideological on behalf of the people who are in power. Yeah. That now people are dying unnecessarily because they don't have another choice than this. You know, they there's no way for them to protect themselves uh, from this. And so, yeah, it's like I had all this these ideas of like things would be so much better at this point, And instead, it's worse than it was Mm. When we thought it was when it was at its peak, you know, which is not great. It feels like at this point, even if there's not more government lockdowns and things like that, to a degree, we're going to have to do it ourselves after a while that we're going to have to back out of society. Well, back to Scotland, uh, the Scottish first minister ruled out at least currently any kind of. Uh, okay, let's lock down for a couple of mm-hmm. days and see how see if that helps. Rule that out completely. Which we watch New Zealand do and fix things really quickly whenever this stuff happens. That's a really good you point. Know. They had one case. They had recently. one case. They traced exactly where it came from because yeah. everybody went inside for a week and nipped it right in the bud. And you know we can't we cannot be asked to do any of that stuff. It's like, to a degree, of course, we're trying to do something somewhat normal. Like, I just went to Tennessee. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, on, like. Um, domestic holidays. Right. Like, you know, we, there's a part of me that is like, yeah, of course we all want to do normal things and stuff like that. But it's also, I mean, I don't know what it's like going to like the Isle of Wight. That feels like it's probably fairly isolated. But going to somewhere like Tennessee, like, I was very sort of scared as well when i'm with the people i'm with knowing that that we all follow a leftist mm-hmm. horror podcast and we're all big on the vaccine and all that kind of stuff talking with them and all that i'm like this is fine but anytime i wasn't with those specific people sure i was like oh am i gonna get it <laughs> like that's it sucks to live with that constant like latent fear and we already know latent anxiety is my mo so having also this like 
in the back of my mind all the time that anytime I'm having fun, I could also be contracting a terrible disease. Yeah. It's not great. Uh, whether it's related or not, the dreams are coming back. I'm getting uh, anxiety dreams of late. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Joag themes are popping up in my dreams as well. Quite oh, recently, no. I had a dream that I was uh, <laughs> mewling for a cartel. Mm. That I was uh, running drugs for a Mexican cartel and doing a bad job of it. Oops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the last thing that we want is for our uh, anxiety dreams to be based on episodes of this show. That's Fucking not hell. great. I had a weird dream this morning, but it was like a good one where oh, uh, I was swimming and there was like an orca. And I was hey. like, oh, my God, an orca. And I was like telling everyone, I was like, there's an orca, there's an orca. And I was like swimming underwater and I was looking up and I'm like, oh, my God. And then I went and I surfaced <laughs> and I was like telling everyone like there's an orca. And then it like free willied over me and it's like fluke touched my foot. And I <laughs> in my dream, I went, oh, my God. But it wasn't in my dream. I did it out loud and I woke both my husband and I up <laughs> as a result of it. Free Corey. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited about <laughs> this dream orca. I yelled out loud. I'm enjoying Oops. seeing that through Keo's eyes. What <laughs> uh, the fuck is she doing? Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Later on, he was like, "Oh, you were having like a nightmare," and I was like, "No, I wasn't. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was a wonderful dream, actually." Uh, um, but I guess I sound the same either way. COVID aside. Uh, what have been the other kind of big changes, be they good or be they bad, that that we've witnessed during the last year or two, a year of Joag? What 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 are the other kind well, of? Also, climate disaster has become very clear oh. this year, and right now we have Hurricane Ida, I think it's called, that is like almost Katrina status hitting us right now. But we've seen all over the entire world is burning. Um, super strong hurricanes we got hit with a hurricane well it became a tropical tropical storm last week but you know all kinds of just insane climate disaster <laughs> all over the world which we established early on in joag is a uh a fear and stressor for both of us and this year it's hit hard yeah <sighs> i almost get lost for words it's such an inevitability, right? Mm -hmm. And everything else that you and I talk about, the movies that we watch, the places that we go, the, the, you know, the weird things that happen in the world are just ticks on the back of this giant fucking dog, you know? This is the only certainty that, that I think we have, really, is that we are marching very, very quickly towards an inhospitable planet, an unlivable planet. And the yeah. stuff that we just chat about is just a distraction, really, in the right. face of that inevitability. Yeah, and that felt it feels like it's very much... I think for... I mean, it's what people... I've said before that, you know, everyone was like, oh, where is this supposed climate disaster? And, like, now, A, we're actually seeing that. But then, like, B, the thing that we're really seeing is the impacts that before this place burns up and becomes entirely unlivable, there are crises, humanitarian crises, things like that, that can hit very close to home. And uh, we see displacement of people and things like that and uh, what it does to scarcity of supply of things and uh, to crops, to all of this kind of stuff. You know, when California, which produces food for most of the United States 
is in drought for years at a time, we suddenly don't have food for people, mm. you know, stuff like that. Um, and it's the recognition that, like, it's not just that also it's miserable and hot out all the time and also the storms are really strong and stuff like that, but that on a very basic level, you know, our needs being met and civil unrest being, you know, stalled and things like that are dependent on the climate not being more and more mm. inhospitable to life, not just of humans, but of animals and vegetables and trees and things like that too. I'm not sure if I'm I'm glad that we went down this path if we decided on this discussion this week. I don't know. <laughs> this was not intentional. This was this is a uh, just a, a state of the world since Joag, and it hasn't gotten better. Um, but I don't know. But see, here's the thing, Mark. Mm. The world is getting terrible and maybe more terrible. But this has been the haven. Yes, this has yes, been yes, yes. It has the it has. <laughs> the thing that takes us away from how terrible it is, and it's you know getting to become such close friends with you has been such an important part of this year for me and you know having someone that I talk to all the time about everything you know like that has been such an important element of getting through all of this kind of stuff and then the community of people who we now share and have become such an important part of our lives like I don't know in person many of the people that we talk to on a regular basis, but I feel like I do, and I feel mm. like they add so much to my life. And it's reciprocated, as you know. Like I said earlier on, I mean, what this has been has been a, a defense mechanism against this kind of rising, mm-hmm. oppressive kind of feeling of inevitability that the world is pumping out at the minute, this slow march towards an inhospitable world. That's what Joag is. It's a it's a force field around that for me, uh, and for you. And finding it has been the best thing about this year, definitely. Agreed, one hundred percent. And I asked earlier about. I say finding it. I didn't find shit. You fucking you you DM'd me, mate. So. (laughs) (laughs) I did. This is all me, and you're welcome. (laughs) I don't know what you would have done without me this year, Mark. (laughs) <laughs> I, I dread to think. <laughs> but I did ask earlier on Facebook other people's sort of memories, favorite things about oh, Joag from the past year. And the thing is, I really just expected it to be like a list of quotes or things like mm. that that people liked. But what I really love is that what people have taken from this is like, yeah, there's funny things we've said or whatever. And like, that's cool. But it seems like it is more important to people the connections that we've made and feeling like, you know, I believe Carrie was saying it's like she's had two close friends with her on her walks every day, you know, (laughs) that we've been along for this journey um, with people and that, you know, other people have said the watch alongs are their favorite thing. And like Sam said, he's like cry laughed uh, during (laughs) these these watch alongs and, you know, various things like that, that it feels like what people like most about this podcast is like, yeah, you know, we say interesting things, they learn stuff, but more it's about us all being in this together in this crazy world and and recognizing like the darkness in it, but also having, you know, 
this support group of people or that make this a world that's worth living in in spite of of it all you can join that we're glad to be here you can join us within this force field the door is you know the door is wide open it's easy to join us and i think i speak for both of us when i say we're just incredibly grateful for that and that people have have stuck with us and that continue to i mean it's i asked that on facebook today and got all those wonderful responses but we get messages from people all the time about you know Mm. uh, some really unexpected and really quite moving yeah exactly and yeah every time it catches us, us off guard um but we're we're just so happy to you know have found to have been able to create a space for people i always love looking at like Twitter mutuals and stuff like that and being Mm. like, oh, here's a person who, you know, maybe one of us knew or not, but they listened to the podcast and now we have like 30 friends in common because we are all now this like web of Joag family, you know, and I think that's just such a cool, cool thing to be able to do to facilitate friendships between people who just happen to listen to us talk. Yes. It is very, very difficult to disagree with that. <laughs> Why would you try? Hmm. I'm always right. So on that note. <laughs> yes. Thanks for listening, friends, for a whole year. And Mark, thank you for being along on this journey <laughs> with me. Uh, look, I'm, I'm grateful and more than a little surprised that you asked me in the first place so the fact that you did and the fact that one year later we're able to take stock look back give thanks and look forward see you same time next year for another introspective one year anniversary of jack of all grades and hey maybe things will have gotten better by then (laughs) 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 oh god okay maybe things would have got better by then but until next week friends (laughs) stay spooky we have a t-rex